So I could have never thought of being a legless diva, a woman without legs, standing 10 feet, able to kick down doors, do kingdom work, leave my footprint everywhere I go, mm. and refuse to take what they were willing to just give me. How to beat the track. Peace family, and welcome back to another episode of How to Beat the Trap. I am your host, Jay Morrison, official trap beater, and I have an amazing guest for us today. I'm super excited. This might be one of, I can maybe predict this will be one of our top five episodes of all time of this podcast, just because I have a dynamic um, personality, entrepreneur, queen, Akeisha Green is amazing also for her presence today. How are you doing, Queen? I'm doing amazing. Thank you, King James, for having me here today. Yes, yes. You, um, your presence, uh, your energy is always amazing. Uh, I watched your story for the first time at my wife's greenlit ATL and um, have been always oppressed and a, a fan of, of yours. Um, thank you for wearing the green today, the money green for us. Yes, you, you know. Yep, when yep. you come out the trap, you might get money. <laughs> you know. Right. So Queen Keisha Green is a entrepreneur. Um, um, Keisha, I want you to tell uh, our audience about your story. You have an amazing, inspiring story. Um, so the first thing we're going to do before we get into breaking down the different traps that you beat, um, I want to give you the platform to tell everybody about starting with not where you come from okay. and all you've been through. We're going to start at who is Keisha Green today? Um, how would you announce yourself to the world, right, personally and professionally? All right. My name is Keisha Green. I am a bilateral amputee. I go by the Legless Diva. I am the CEO and founder of a nonprofit organization called the Love and Legs Foundation. I also mentor women in the space of ministry. I have a special gift for the marketplace with that, as well as I build six-figure salon suites. I'm an amazing, amazing mother and a vessel for the kingdom. Awesome, awesome. I love kingdom work. I love kingdom work. <laughs> and you're you're um you're a mother of three, right? Yes. All right, awesome. So um so let's talk about this kingdom work and where you're at today. So you're mentoring women, you're educating, helping them start six figure businesses, uh, etc. Uh what does that look like for you and your organization? Well, what it looks like for me is just really continuously pressing forth, you know, being myself, being an amputee, being faced with situations that may have stopped me from those things that I've dreamed of becoming. I just want people to know that life will happen, but you can continuously move forward. You don't have to get trapped mm -hmm. there, you know, so helping women to see that, but also helping them to have the tools that's needed in order for them to go to that next level and that next place. Gotcha. So, so how long ago did you start uh, mentoring women and using your story uh, to, to inspire and empower others? Well, now I've been sharing my story and mentoring others with it about five years. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually been an amputee this year. It's eight years. So it's just amazing how what could have been, and I know we haven't got here yet, a trap for me was actually what was used to propel me and to use me to be who it is I am today and be able to change people's lives. Awesome, and you're an author as well, right? Yes. Awesome, so tell us about the book. <laughs> All right, so Please. I have two books. I have one is called Walking by Faith and then I have Severed to Faith. And they both just speak about my journey as becoming 
an amputee, being faced with that and not knowing anyone like myself and how it was literally severed is to be cut, you know, so I lost the legs, they were severed. And it was, I severed, severed to faith because it literally ignited my faith. Mm. I was gonna have to believe on another Brought level. You closer. Yeah. Absolutely. They say that the fire, the trials purify us. Uh, I know for me, my trials in life, it allowed me to understand that, Jay, you can't, this ain't on you. You don't yeah. have the strength to do this anymore. You gotta lean on me. Yeah. You gotta lean on a higher power and then the calling. Um, do you feel like that? Absolutely, and it's like we really need those things though to ignite us. And I almost believe that it's those fires and those down, the things that seem at the bottom that literally open up the door and ignite us into our greatest places where we're supposed to be. Like you're saying, when you don't have anyone to lean and depend on that's been through what you've been through, that you are being faced with, it's like who else do you go to? You can't do anything. Right. But go to the king of kings for that. Wow. And it's so amazing because it's like he'll make it to where you don't have anyone else to ask. And it's not that you're alone. It's that no one really understands like him. No one has that ultimate wisdom. Nobody has that guidance plan, that, 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 uh, that, that blueprint. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So two-time author, entrepreneur, the legless diva, Swagged out, right? <laughs> um, amazing mom, right? Yeah. And all that. And so let's back up now, verse engineer a little bit. I like to set people up where uh, people can see who you are today, yeah. right? What you've accomplished. Some people are stuck in the corporate trap, right? So guys, remember the trap is um, a program or system that entangles or entices you, that's designed to entangle or entice you, but secretly for the benefit of another. Right? Yeah. So many get caught in the college trap, which was set up to have you pay no student loan debt so that the corporations and the government get that interest payments from you. Uh, some get caught in the corporate trap where you're running a nine to five rat race to build up somebody else's last name. Some of us get caught in the corner trap where we find ourselves working for free or cheap labor in a prison somewhere. I uh, want to know what you think about the disability trap. Wow. Because, you know, I also believe that we can get caught up in a disability trap. I agree. And the reason why I say that is because as long as we have the ability of our minds, we have the ability to do anything. Mm. But so easily you can have one situation that you're faced with and they'll take you and they'll place you in a disability trap, which limits you to now believe this is where it's not where I should be, but where I'm okay to be. Mm. It's okay for me to be there. That's the enticement, that's the entanglement. Yeah. Right? Is to say that because you had a disability, now we're gonna take the pressure off you from having to excel, propel, and accelerate yourself in life. Now you have an excuse. We're, we're giving you an excuse. We're gonna take the pressure off you. That sounds okay to someone who's actually in a mental trap, mm. right? Because you could be in a mental trap because in a mental trap, that sounds like I can sit here and receive and it's okay. Right. But for me, that sounds like you are now putting a limit on what I have the potential of becoming throughout my future because now you said it's okay for me to just sit here and receive and do nothing. Right. To be a recipient without being a, a, a executor of my gifts. Absolutely. And now, um, so I look at it as one, a confidence trap. So now it gives you a, a, a one, you may already be in your own head about 
confidence being able to operate with a particular disability, right, or something against you. Um, but also, uh, I think people use those excuses as a reason to not have to show up. Absolutely. And they not only use it as an excuse, but you know, when you're dealing with something that's an excuse, but also that's okay with everyone else, you know, it can be difficult for you to decide, should I do it or should I not do it? I myself being a six-figure earner today, it's okay, but it also would have been okay for me to sit in the chair and receive disability. You would have seen it, nothing wrong with it, mm. and many others would have seen nothing wrong with it. It would have been looked at as a sympathetic mm. Okay, it's okay for her to have this. A charity case. It's okay for her to have this because of what she supposedly, and I'm going to say supposedly, don't have. Right. So you're operating from a mindset and a space of abundance, even where there may have been something taken away. It's the promise. Wow. (laughs) Where's the promise? It's the promise. It's the promise from God. He says exceedingly, abundantly, more than what we could ever ask and or think. So I could have never thought of being a legless diva, a woman without legs, standing 10 feet, able to kick down doors, do kingdom work, leave my footprint everywhere I go Mm. and refuse to take what they were willing to just give me. That's why it's so inspirational because you're kicking down doors without legs. (laughs) Hey, Peace Family, it's Jay Morrison, co-founder of the Legacy Center here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I wanna invite you all to be a virtual member of our building, our Class A office space, also known as the Black House. From anywhere in the world, you can house your business here in Atlanta, Georgia, and have your virtual address be our address. Get your own suite number. You also can get our virtual notary services, our virtual receptionist services, have a telephone line for your team, and get access to our meeting rooms, conference rooms, and get one day per month to actually visit our building and house your business here in real life. Family, this opportunity is just $40 per month or $300 for the year, a super discount for you to be able to have a Class A office space house your business address two miles from Tyler Perry Studio, five minutes from the world's busiest airport right here in amazing Atlanta, Georgia at LegacyCenter.com. You walking in places that we can't go. Yeah, you know my line say, who needs legs when we're all working for wings? Wow, fly high. So this is the kind of like, I told y'all this is gonna be one of the best episodes. So all right, so this is who you are today. Extremely motivational, inspirational figure. Um, Tell us, uh, let's reverse engineer a little bit from where you are today, the six figure earner, soon to be seven and eight figure. Yeah. um, To, right, through that abundance. I already know, I already know, I'm, I'm listening. Fly high. I know what's up. So, um, how'd you get here? And not, and, and I definitely want you to obviously cover the amputee story. Yeah. But let's take it all the way back to your upbringing. That's who, right. Who, who, who was who was little Keisha? That's right. So and let's start right there. Let's start right there because that's what allowed me to even you know have the strength and the mindset of where I am today. From the number eight poverty city, Syracuse, New York. I'm from. I mean, went from age of 16 having my own apartment, having my first son at the age of 16. By the time I was 21, I had three different baby daddies, a GED, still living in the number eight poverty city. Now I'm receiving government assistance, EBT, Section 8. And these are the things mm. that literally people were looking to achieve. I remember going to the Section 8 That office. was a win in the hood. You got Section yeah. 8 in the hood. You was like, you just what? scored. You got the 8. That's where I went for my 18th birthday. Wow. So I can get on the list. So literally starting there where the goal was, my goal literally growing up, I wanted to be with the biggest 
and the baddest drug dealer in my city. My goal was to be one. <laughs> <laughs> so Facts. it's like, that meant you, it was it. You did it. You did it. So literally coming out of there and making a decision after being, uh, uh, you know, not a jailhouse three-time loser, but a three-time loser baby mother. You know, <laughs> I caught three felonies by 21. You had three baby daddies. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we both was catching cases. Cases, bodies. <laughs> bodies. So... You know, coming from that where really, when you think about that, you could look at the situation or you could look at the mind frame that I was in, which was, it was a trap. The city was a trap in the mind mm. frame of what the goals were. That is what we call, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, coming to a trap assessment in a second, but that's what we call the culture trap. Yeah. The culture told us that, yo, like that, all oh, that was cool. Section eight, that was cool. That was the play. That was it. Right? Getting with a drug dealer and think, uh, that was the play. That was it. Yeah, so. But you know what that really is? What is it? You know, really, when you think about being a boss and you think about being in the streets, right? Since we're talking about that right now, you think about, um, for me, I didn't want to go to a middleman. Me neither. Right? You wanted to go dive straight to the connect. I always wanted to be the plug. Right, right. So check this out. Still want to be the plug. Why is it as a people that we believe that, or me as a woman, I believe that it's a man that needs to deliver to me, which he's really still what? He's mm. a middleman because everything comes from God. Right. So he's still considered a middleman. So when I realized even the men that I was dating, and even the people that was being a blessing to me, they were really just still middleman action. To the source, to the higher source. To the higher source. And I was like, no, nah, I want to go straight to God for myself. I want him to make it rain on me. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderstorm. <laughs> so that was one of the things that I had to literally beat was that right there, that culture of the number eight poverty city. Get you some food stamps and... You know, keep it wow. going. I'm reading your bio. You were a high school dropout as well? Absolutely. Me too. So GED. I still only got a GED. I never fell in. I, I, I've been to a couple semesters of the college trap, but I <laughs> never really fell into the college <laughs> trap. <laughs> I went on college campuses only to get girls. That was it. <laughs> That's what he was at. <laughs> Listen, you know, that could be a trap. Some people go to college because they're in a trap. Facts. And they think that's their way out. Yeah. So they left one trap to go to another trap. So they left the corner trap or the culture trap to go to the college trap just to get into the corporate trap. Oh, man. In real wow, life. Wow, King, that's that's deep. That's an awful cycle. Awful cycle. We're here to break it. Yeah, got to. All right, so cool. 21, boom, you're working your way out. And um, what's next on your journey? All right, so by 21, I did it. I got the man. I'm with him. Okay. So you, you <laughs> Getting it off the water. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm thinking that it's it. But that trap, you know, will fall into, I fell into the depression trap. Mm. You know, comes with playing outside and doing those type of things. A lot of pressure, you know, and trying to be a mom when you're really in the streets, you know. So I fell into that trap of depression. And then I just remember making the decision that I really needed to move from where I was at because it was limited resources for me to truly become who I, I didn't even have the vision at the time. I didn't know, but it just was something inside of me that was like, yo, there's more. Mm. And you're bigger than what's available. Gotcha. Calling. Yeah. Anointment. <laughs> Oil. <laughs> Uh, if something was calling you to do something bigger with your yeah. life than, than, than the culture and corner trap. Yeah. 
Gotcha. So what'd you do? I came here to Atlanta, thousand miles away, never visited. What year was that? This was 2009. All right. 2009, it's, it's income tax time. I get the income tax check because, you know, that- That was my favorite a, season listen, as a trapper. <laughs> that's a trap too, though. You know, income tax returns is a trap too, but we're not even going to go into that right now. But listen, so I comes here in 2009. I'm like, I just got to get out of here. I'm talking about I found a house on Craigslist. I think Craigslist was popping back then. Find a house on there. I rent it. He does me do me a virtual tour. Don't forget, though, I got the Section 8 voucher. Okay. Trans transferable. <laughs> transferable. <laughs> you know, we just keeping it real. So transferable. I transfer the voucher, and I just come out here. But literally, I had to be realistic with myself because I, even though I was coming to a new place, I still had the same thing I had at home. Mm. Transferable. The voucher was transferable. The food stamps was transferable. Mm. And there was more men with money. Yep. So I wasn't really sure what was going to happen when I got here, but I knew I wanted new grounds to be able to tread to do something new. And when I got here, I was a server every weekend. Where were you serving at? Applebee's. Applebee's. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> you couldn't even be like a... Uh, <laughs> I wasn't even an upscale <laughs> right. server. I'm Applebee's. talking about Applebee's. The, the $2 drink right. nights and stuff. <laughs> But, but was you was working out, right, cool. I was working out to make no, it work. No shade to Applebee's no servers. Because listen, don't get you it working. twisted. The, the culture trap could prepare you for some things because I was a boss's lady. I knew how to treat people. I knew how to cater. I knew how to cook. I knew how to serve. Because when you really playing with the one-to-one, -one, you, you get some things that you do in order and decency and fashion, right? right? So what I knew was that I knew how to be a mother. I knew how to be a woman. I knew how to be a wife. I was a caretaker, right? Nice. So what I was saying to myself is if I can go in this restaurant and I could basically do what it is that I do at home at the top level at that time I was just telling myself I'm a $10 server every table I just want to get $10 mm. and I did that I did that I started my first business right there in that restaurant wow that was it right there <laughs> serving serving but you know you could look at that so many ways preparing you for something yeah because listen to what I just said I just told you that before I came to Atlanta I was in Syracuse, New York, and I was with the man. So from going from that pedestal life to saying, nah, I'll serve some people. Humility. Absolutely. Right. But that's what being here as an amputee has given me too, that people, it's just mind blowing for me because it's a level of humility that comes with it. It's a level of humility saying, can you help me? Can you assist me? And it's like, no matter how cute I look, no matter what bag I'm carrying, what jewelry I got on, I may still need some assistance. Mm. And that's humbling. You know what's interesting is that as many of us um, that may not have a, a physical or obvious uh, amputee or disability, but um, we wear the bags or we wear the jewels, but emotionally, internally, et cetera, uh, we're missing something. Absolutely. And need assistance. Absolutely. And don't have, have the ego and the pride and don't know how to reach out and say, somebody, help me. I'm going through something. Image. Yep. Image. So many people are dealing with that. But, you know, all of us don't have it, but discerning to be able to see past those materialistic items that are on the forefront. And that's what I was referring to earlier when I was saying, you know, as long as you have the ability of your mind, because the, the mind is disabled. Everything is disabled. Many days I've also 
literally thought about the fact that, you know, I came out of that accident, right? I could have had my legs and lost my mind. And my mind not even be able to tell my legs to walk. Wow. Can't earn six figures that way. Can't Can't, earn take, can't take your children that way. Can't. Right. So having your mind is priceless. And if you have that and you're willing to open it up and be real about where you are is the best thing to get you out of that trap because we'll trap ourselves with pride. Right. Interesting. All right, so Applebee's, no pride. Applebee's Applebee's, serving. no pride. All right, and what's next? Wanna, okay. Let me teach a green story. Go ahead, I'm listening. So even today I have these jazzy nails, right? So mm -hmm. back then I had jazzy nails, and um, Applebee's fired me. They were saying that Let's this is going these nails. Y'all see these nails? They were saying that the, <laughs> the stuff was going to fall in the food and all this stuff and everything. So Applebee's fired me. Because the nails? Because the nails. I went home. I called one of my drug dealer friends. <laughs> I was like, yo, they fired me. What's the but prices? I was really trying to get my hair done. No, I was trying to see if he would buy me some bundles. Gotcha. He was like, yo, you just lost your job. You're trying to get $600 worth of hair. You better sell that. And I was like, yeah, I do need to sell this. <laughs> so literally the girl I was going to call to buy the hair from that night when I called her, I was like, listen, I want hair, but I want a lot of it. And she was like, okay. So literally, I bought my first batch from her, but the streets in me. So then what happens? I'm like, nah, I can't keep getting this from her. Right. <laughs> I need to see the, the man. I need a direct connect. So literally, that's how I started my hair extension business. Wow. What year was this? This was in 2011 now. Okay. Started my hair extension business. So now I'm selling bundles and just kind of doing the, listen, I'm with us to what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. I'm selling my bundles, wait, because I think we missed a lot of this. I think we missed a lot of this. I'm a server at Applebee's. I'm obviously not a server not walking. So at the time I'm still walking. Right. Right, I'm still on both my feet. So I'm a server, I'm now I'm doing these bundles. Me and my kids used to get out and put the flyers in the people's cars at like Kroger and Walmart and stuff. And so hustling. literally hustling. So now I'm thinking I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm making some money. I'm doing this. And one night, everything just changed. Literally. So now that's 2011. 2013, I'm literally August the 23rd, hanging out with some friends, coming home, have an accident, legs severed immediately. I'm never going to make it back home that night. Wow. That was here in Atlanta? That was here in Atlanta. 20 in Panola. Hmm. And what was that? What was your mindset um, just coming out of that uh, surgery, the hospital, just that whole experience? The thing is, I knew I didn't have the legs because they were severed immediately. So I was woke when I lost them. They were cut off right in front of me. Wow. So I didn't have them. And so I already knew I didn't have the legs. Um, I knew I had made it to the hospital. Long story short, I knew I made it to the hospital. But then I spent several days on a respirator, like in a medically induced coma. So I was on there for three days. When I woke up, you know, my family was there. I knew I didn't have the legs, but the, the look on my family's face was like terrified. Mm, so immediately in this accident, you knew immediately that your legs were severed. Oh yeah. And you're conscious at this time. Yeah, literally, because I go to turn around to the back seat and this leg flies up on the steering wheel and I'm still woke. 
And this one is pinned in the middle. So literally my blackout didn't come until they went to cut, which they were cut off by the guard row. So they went to cut the guard row out of this leg. It started burning. That's what I ended up blacking out. But even though I was blacked out, I still felt them pick me up. Like I could feel my weight. I felt very light when mm. they picked me up. So, you know, I never remember seeing the inside of the car. And let's just fast forward, you know, waking up off of the respirator and everything. My family being their faces are full of fear. Before that, I already was a game changer for my family, even when I was playing outside. I was a game changer for my family. So when I seen my family, although their face was love, concern, for me, I seen levels of fear. Like, yo, who about to take care of her? What's wow. about to happen? I could just feel it in the atmosphere. So they were crying, and I immediately was like, wait a minute, we not going to do that. Like, I don't want to be crying in here or anything like that. So I kind of shifted the atmosphere for my family in that very moment as soon as I woke up. How are you so strong? Um, and where did that, that, that kind of leadership and determination come from to uh, uh, immediately not go to sympathy or empathy mode, not go to, you know, overpower with fear, but to literally make a statement like that to, to your family and set the tone? I think just because I never really had nobody to lean on like that. Even when people ask me how I moved a thousand miles away with nobody, because I just always been so extremely independent. For me, I just knew that I didn't know what was gonna happen, but I didn't want my family to feel like I was about to be a burden. So I immediately started saying, like, nah, not me. Like, nah, I'm not about to be a burden. <laughs> Like, I can already see how this is looking. This is looking <laughs> real, excuse me, nursing homish. Right, <laughs> like, right, right, this, right. this is looking like I'm about to be sat down somewhere. So I just really wanted them to know that I still had my mind and everything was going to be, you know what I'm saying? Okay, let's just give it a chance. Right. All right. So um, what that those next months and, and coming years look like, um, right? So now you've entered, to a degree, the disability trap. Right. Um how I got there, I got there quickly, though. Listen, like you said, they'll just give it, offer it to you. I mean, literally, I was just thinking about this a few weeks back, and I was saying, like, literally, the lady would come every day to the hospital room, and she would be there. She would be like, listen, I can get you signed up right now. We can get this going for you. So this is what they were offering me. A Peace Family Real Estate Pioneer, Jay Morrison, coming to you live from the Black House. Uh, why haven't you got your first of its kind video textbook, excuse me, interactive video textbook experience, the 12-step real estate crash course. This book will make you a real estate power player in real life with over six and a half hours of video lessons with 290 pages of real workbook experiences, tests, quizzes, assessments that give you the skill set, mindset, and formulas needed to dominate in real estate and be a power player in any part of the industry in real life. Homeowner, realtor, wholesale, landlord, flipper, developer, don't matter. You need this book. Your family needs this book. Go tap into the link right now for your, for your interactive, first of its kind, video textbook experience in real life. Tap in. 12stepvideotextbook.com. They were all, not just offering me disability, but if you notice, I don't wear prosthetics. Mm. So they were offering me disability and they were offering me all sorts of prosthetics. Listen, don't give up. Legs. Prosthetic legs. Gotcha. Don't give up. We got running legs. We got swimming legs. We got any kind of legs. It's robotic legs. The technology is growing. And this is what they were offering. But I also realized for me, and everyone is different, prosthetics for me was a trap as well. Mm. Tell me about that. 
I just feel like, um, okay, today if I would have came here and I would have had on prosthetics and I would have had on these pants, you know, I would have sat up here and I wouldn't be as powerful as I am rolling in a chair and just being able to see my joy. It says, I'm not really sure of what happened to her. I don't know if she was sick or if she was born this way, but I know that she has a joy and it's just like that shines from her. I want to know her story. Mm. And I just felt like the mental part of what it took for me to do it the medications, mental shift, right? Mm -hmm. Trap. Now let's get you on some pain medications so you could walk like everybody else. Now I could walk like everybody else, but I don't have the clarity mm. to be able to live out my purpose like everyone else. And I feel like you are walking in your testimony. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, so that was like my decision. Those were the things they were offering me there. Leaving out the hospital, they said I was gonna be there for 12 months. God brought me out of there in three and a half weeks. Wow. Three and a half weeks. Came home, my mom was there. I had a few other um, family members there. And I just remember this one day, I just wanted everybody to go home. And I was like, y'all can leave. And I was like, what you mean? I was like, y'all can leave. But what I realized is having them there didn't stretch me. Mm -hmm. It was almost like it was a crutch. It was like I didn't need to figure out how to live as who I am today because they were assisting me to do the things that I would do for myself. Wow, that you could do for yourself. That I still could do for myself, but I didn't know that. Because you had crutch. Because I had crutch. Wow, see, listen, how to beat the trap is about bringing to um, our audience overachievers, um, amazing people who have um, overcome um, obstacles in life and beat some of America's most infamous traps. And um, you have this the pure spirit of overachiever. Like your whole mindset, your whole DNA is overachief. Oh, thank you. It really is. I think it's really, it's, some people say it's overachiever. I think it's just truly God's glory. I think mm. that he truly still wants to represent miracle. Um, you know, even when I look at your shirt and I say legacy, legacy to me means planting the seed of the king inside of your children because you have to give them something that's truly here when you're no longer here. And I'm not right. talking about something tangible, but I'm talking about something in their spirit that's going to nurture them for long term when you're no longer here. Right. It's something you leave behind for your heirs. Absolutely. So you leave most, the most valuable treasure for king of kings. Your heirs. Right, the true king. I'm the king. But that's yeah, the king you're the king. king. I said king of kings. Right. That's right. why I had the two that's kings on it. I submit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I submit to the will. Yes. Awesome. All right, so you went through that, and where'd you, um, did you immediately go into entrepreneurship, or like how, how'd that transition go into kind of this testimony part and, and entrepreneurship and, and those things? All right, let's backtrack a little bit then to get there. Um, when I was in the hospital, the bill collectors were still calling me. And I remember this particular bill collector was calling me at the time I was on the payment arrangement. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling the lady that I was in the hospital and I had lost both legs. And she said, I'm really sorry to hear that. When do you think we should call you back? Wow. And when she said that, I said, oh, man, sorrow don't slide you to the front. Because it was like, I heard what you said, but I'm going to need to know when I can get this money. <laughs> I got a job to do, ma'am. <laughs> so right there, I was like, man, I still have my kids to take care of. So a lot of people won't believe this. But remember, I had the hair extension business already. 
So literally, I had this suitcase full of bundles. I told my family to bring it to me, my laptop. And right here in Atlanta at Grady, there's a post office downstairs in the hospital. I was packaging up the orders in my bed in the hospital, putting them on my lap and rolling downstairs to the post office, still shipping out the orders. Shipping them things out. Shipping them things out. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, like, I still was doing that. Um, and when I got, but the thing is, now listen to this. It was easier for me to run the business from the hospital because the post office was right downstairs. It wasn't until I got home that I was faced with the true difficulties of still being able to operate my business. Wow. So you picked up entrepreneurship immediately. Right back in my hands because I had three kids. Right. Single mother. No excuses, just results. That's it. Yeah. I want to go from being Miss Key, oh, there go Miss Keisha, to oh, there go Miss Keisha. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm like, no, so not me. I wanted my boys to still be proud of me. I wanted to show them that I wasn't going to give up. I'm sure they're amazingly proud of you <laughs> right now. Yeah, I believe so. And, you know, now it's been eight years. Mom's on a grind. On a grind. Love it. And I'm a, I was, you know, born to a single mom and a teenage mom. And, um, you know, that's just amazing to see your, your grit and your grind. Yeah, sure. and my oldest son now, you know, he's 22. But when I lost my legs, he was 14. And I taught him to drive at 12. I didn't even know why. But when I lost the legs, he drove me a couple places when I came home. <laughs> at 14, like, At 14, look. like. Get in that thing. I'm talking about, it's, he started taking weight training like soon as I came home so he could carry me around. And like now all my sons is big enough to carry me if I right. wanted to. But it was just amazing because it was a true like transition for all of us. But mentally it showed my sons no matter what. Mm. Awesome, no matter what. They, 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 how, how can they not have drive? They gotta <laughs> have drive. And they have to, um, I imagine, and they all have their own journey, but I imagine it's certainly a seed is planted um, for their spirituality and their own relationship with God. Absolutely. Sure. Each one of them have their own relationship with the kingdom, their own callings. But also as a mom, you know, my testimony is not their testimony. The way that I see my testimony is mm. not their test. the way that they see their testimony. Because for me, I remember this one particular time we were in the mall. And I remember me and my son in the mall and running into like one of my followers through social media. And they were like, wow, I'm so inspired by you. You're so amazing. You're so phenomenal. But this particular day when I looked at my son, my son's face said to them, I can't understand how you find joy in what I find pain. Wow. So it literally changed like, Man, Get it. that mess out of here. Yeah, you think this is cool? Like, yeah, we going through this right now? This inspires you seeing my mom right here? This is what gives you, make you feel strong and encouraged? No, that's not the way I feel. But it was in that very moment that reality for me clicked. And it was like, they don't feel the way you feel and give them the right to feel how they want to feel. Right. Give them that space. Yeah. So their testimonies is unfolding. They're living <coughs> their lives, you know. But I know that, you know, overcoming seeds of fight, all those things are planted in them. Awesome. Man, amazing journey. I told y'all, amazing journey. All right, Queen, I want to transition to uh, a part of our segment here, How to Beat the Trap. And I'm going to do my trap translation real quick. So we kind of covered a little bit 
but um, you have beat multiple traps, right? So you, you, you brought it up, this disability trap, right? That was thrown at you. Um, also the corner trap, yep. right? You beat the culture trap. Mm -hmm. You beat, became an entrepreneur, didn't get caught up in, well, you had Applebee's for a minute, but yeah. beat the, the corporate trap and uh, even beat the college trap. Yeah. So you are like trap certified. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and trap certified in real life. And um, so let's talk about, um, from that trap analysis, let's talk about um, just your, your trap transition. And so through all your different kind of pivots in life, was there any particular moment that stood out as like an aha moment in you becoming like all of who you are today? Where you know like, like this was the day, this was the moment, this was when I, I really knew that, um, you know, it was something more uh, Well, I believe me. even before it took off, the day I knew it was something more for me was I heard um, the voice of God say, the legs you had were now strong enough to walk into the territory that I have for you. Mm. And when I heard that, it was like the legs you had wasn't strong enough to walk into the territory that I have for you, which said to me, I have places for you to go that you could not walk and you could not carry yourself through, but it's bigger right. than where you had the ability to go without me. I got places for you to go. And he said, territory. Territory. And when I heard territory, I hear like nations. Nate, wow. <laughs> Global, yeah, international calling. So for me, that was the I would say that was the light bulb. But although that was the light bulb, it wasn't the takeoff. It was more just like, okay, I hear you. That calling moment is so important. I think like many of us, and I'll probably, I'll probably bet everybody, whether you listen to the voice or not, is different. But I think we all have that conscious, that higher frequency, that that calling. Um, that gives us uh, either the motivation or a blueprint for us to be able to transition out of something that's blocking us yeah. or entangling us uh, in life. So um, I think that is super amazing. Um, let's go to another part of our, our trap episode, uh, trap blown, right? So trap blown is like, we could do it a few different ways, right? So trap blown is like um, blow our minds. And I think you already have, honestly. This whole, this whole episode should be called trap blown. <laughs> Because uh, you really have blown my mind, I'm sure our audience. Uh, tell us about, like, essentially, I mean, man, it's also phenomenal. So I can't even say tell us a phenomenal moment in, in, in your life. But I'll give you that. If there's, a, if there's a, a one singular phenomenal moment of something that's happened or you accomplished that like will blow our minds, I'd love to hear it. If there's a super embarrassing moment <laughs> that would blow our minds, uh, I would love to hear it. Okay. And we'd love to hear it. And I got one more for you. Why don't you answer those, those two first? Okay, well, I'll start with, I guess, if I was to blow people's minds, um, I haven't literally um, had it to happen yet, but I have something inside of me, and what it is is I'm going to actually build subdivisions of homes that are luxury with accessibility. So God has given me the vision and the design for five different homes that allow you to live in them at a luxury state, um, while having the accessibility for whatever your life may be becoming, if that makes sense. Mm. Because a lot of us, we want these houses with the big stairwells, all those good things, but if you were to become me, that house is no longer a great investment for you. So I also believe that our people having homes that are accessible for long-term and future is a definite um, securing of their investments is what I'm going to be doing. So gotcha. we have those neighborhoods in the work. 
Awesome. Um, mind blowing, like you said, not to toot my own horn. I think I'm just really dope, you know. <laughs> I do. I think I'm really dope, humbly through the kingdom and what God has allowed me to become. I think there's so many amazing things about me, but I think something mind blowing for people. When I pulled up today, I pulled up in a Rubicon. I think when I have the doors and all that What's off. What's a of Rubicon? It, I don't even know what a Rubicon is. That's a Jeep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a Jeep rider, and I think when I take when I pull up in it, it's real big, and I had the doors and everything go off and the yeah. roof off. People are like, yo, because you just imagine I'm at the red light, right? You at the red light next to me, and you look over. I have no legs in this truck in this Jeep, and the doors is <laughs> off. The people is like, wait a minute. I love that. Flexing, big, ugh, <laughs> big flex. <laughs> yeah, so I think that one right there. That, that, that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, all right. So, has there been a moment, either early in life, later in your life, entrepreneurially, however, that has been like either a super regrettable moment or embarrassing moment that might blow our minds? Uh, mm. Well, you're just like, you know what? If I could take that one back, I would. Or. <laughs> Well, I can't think of one off the top, but I'm sure I've had many. Okay. You know, I've had many embarrassing moments, especially transition from walking every day to being in a chair. I've had embarrassing moments. I've had, uh, who? No, I wouldn't say, I don't have one to tell you guys off the top. I can't think of one. That's totally fine because you're so amazing. Like, I'll <laughs> stick to the amazing. That's actually even better. Um, <laughs> All right, so also Trap Blown, last part is uh, for our entrepreneurs especially, has there been a day where you have like, or a purchase where you've really treated yourself? Where you like, you know what? I'm gonna blow a little bit of bag on myself today or my kids or on something. Um, give us a little blow bag story that you might have where you say, you know what? I deserve this. The Rubicon. The Rubicon. 2020. 2020. Got a brand new, most expensive car you know. Pimped her out a little bit. <laughs> the Rubicon, yeah. 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 Trap blown. Yeah, but hold me to the uh to the G sixty three. That's gonna be my next one. Alright. Yeah. I'm gonna hold you to it. Hold me to that one. Yeah, that's gonna be the next big what bag color? blower. White. I only drive white cars. Only white? Only white. What color guts? <laughs> red. Red guts. Of course, red, of course. You can't have a G sixty three white with not red yeah. guts. That's un un uncivilized. Uncivilized. <laughs> Who does that? All right, awesome. I appreciate it. All right, cool. Yeah. So now we are going to go into our trap cheat sheet, okay? So the trap cheat sheet is essentially like, if you were talking to your younger self, I want to actually double up on this with you, right? Mm -hmm. So I want you to speak to the younger Keisha before the leg severance, before that and either your younger self or a woman or man who's going through those, that culture trap, that, that corner trap, right? That what you went through coming through poverty, coming through the streets and being outside. Mm -hmm. if, if you, excuse me, if you could uh, give some advice, a cheat sheet to someone that's in that trap, yeah. what would it be? I would, if I was to speak to my younger self or even someone who's younger and that's living, you know, in that poverty situation and or, you know, for me being younger, I would say, you know, um, stay pure mm. and genuine. Don't allow the way that people handle you or treat you to change the way that your heart performs and the way that you treat others. As well as I would tell myself that these things that are going on, they aren't happening to you, but they're happening for you. And they're preparing you for who it is that you're becoming. And also, I would tell myself to be forgiving. Wow. To be forgiving, not just to others, but also to me. Right. 
Alright, I want to unpack a few of those things. Also, one, I love the heart pure. Like, that's... I'm taking that, by the way. So, I'm letting you know <laughs> I'm taking that. Like, right? I, I think that is um, super dope. But let's talk about the forgiving yourself. Mm-hmm. Why does that mean so much to you in that state of coming up through poverty, coming through the corporate uh, culture trap, etc.? single mom why does being forgiving mean a lot to you forgiving for me means a lot because today i could sit here i could laugh with you and i'd be like yeah you know i got three baby daddies <laughs> you know i had three baby daddies by the age of 21 but if you were to bit. speak to me at you know 22 that wouldn't have been the same you know attitude but being forgiven to yourself for mistakes you may have made you know um just along the way choices decisions and just saying you know what it's okay all those things, Keisha, developed who you are today. All those things, and, and I'm speaking to the people that are watching, all the things that you're going through, that you're faced with, I want you to truly find yourself in a place of no longer saying this is what happened to me, but this is what happened for me. I'm working, I'm using this, what happened for me, to become who it is, what God has for me. Because literally, it was me positioning myself to not stay in the place of why. Stop asking yourself why. It's not why. It's what can I do with what I'm going through, what I've been faced with. Even though the people around me not be able to see the gifts in you, Keisha, don't be discouraged. Keep your eye on what God has shown you. I also realized that when God shows you things, those are me dreams. Wow. Me dreams are things that God only shows to you. We dreams are things you discuss and that you share with others and others have the ability to see, but it's more of a daydream. And why do I call a we dream a daydream? Because it's something that has to be discussing. Right. Right? You're you're awake. You're cognizant. You and I are building on this. Oh, you know what we could do? We could do this. A we dream is a daydream. Mm. A me dream is a personal dream, something that God has only declared to me. You're saying protect that. Protect that. That me dream. Don't let nobody steal it from you because they don't see it. Mm, I want you to build on this before we go to the second part and, and come to our close. But when you talk about speaking to that the person out there that's really been through hardship, and you and I have very similar parallel stories of hardship, and I remember like just having that, like, yo, why, why my life set up like this, right? Like, why do I got to go through this? Like, why is it so hard on, on, on me? And a lot of times when somebody like us who might have survived it would come back and try to give you that motivational pep talk and speech. I mean, I'm not trying to hear all of that. You're yeah. trying to tell me that, you know, yeah, it's something flying around here. We in a trap, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, listen, there'd be bugs in a trap, you know what I mean? Like, it might be some, somebody running behind here or something. So, um, you know, so, so and I, I like to really try to touch the spirit of somebody like that because I, I was there. It was like, I wasn't trying to hear none of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my situation was jacked and it's like, I get you. So... For the person you're talking to, and you know, like you said, welfare, WIC, right, baby daddies, mm-hmm. right, streets, all yeah. of that. Um, why should they have an open ear, right? Although they got right now, they're watching us right mm-hmm. now. They on their phone, they're on their tablet. Somehow they got this from somebody, and they're right now literally in a trap. Right. They're right now. There's literally like it might be roaches and rats. It might be like you know somebody getting high in their house right now. Don't like, get it twisted. My apartment at 16, I had every color of mice. They was brown, black, gray, white. They was they was vicious. <laughs> vicious. <laughs> vicious. But guess what? That butt. You know, I always tell people, give them that butt. 
I was on Section 8, but right. now I build six-figure salon suite buildings, do renovations. I was, you know, give them that but, but now. So, so how does that person turn that, this is my circumstance right now, I ain't got no heat on and it's cold. Yeah. Right? Um, we in foreclosure right now. I'm being abused right now, situation right now. How can that person turn that into a, oh, this ain't happening to me, this is happening for me? How does that person turn that into that? How do you turn that into that? Is you're going to have to literally change the way that you're viewing the situation. And oftentimes in a very high stressful situation, that can be hard to do. And it literally takes sometime a place of isolation mm. and not allowing others to speak into negativity. People will say to me, what happened to you? When you hear what happened, it sounds like pity, right? right. So it's like, victim. right, a victim, right? So you got to literally stop seeing yourself as a victim and start seeing what can I do to use this? I believe writing, journaling, strategizing, putting together a plan. Nobody's saying just wake up tomorrow and things are going to change, but literally being better than your yesterday self. What can I accomplish today that I wasn't able to get done yesterday that is moving me towards where I want to be, I think is the first thing because you don't want to give people too much to try to make them go for things that are untangible un for them. Right. You want to be able to do things that are you can accomplish that encourage you to accomplish the next thing. So you want to start off with things, minor things, and start accomplishing. Small steps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They say the, uh, the best way to eat a big hairy elephant is one bite at a time. Right, don't get intimidated by it. Just take your first bite. Right? I felt the spirit on that. I don't know if you kind of see me like <laughs> I felt the spirit on that. You gotta chip away at it. Like seriously, don't think that you just need to demolish everything, like knock it out at one time. It's not gonna happen that way. So you wanna be realistic with yourself and where you are in your journey because we can literally forge ourselves into depression. Mm. Setting ourselves up for it. Yeah. You trying to conquer poverty in one night, you're going to always be depressed because it ain't going to ever happen that way. Tomorrow I'm going to make a million dollars. You didn't make a hundred today. Mm. Like, so you want to literally set up things that's going to make sense, goals that you could achieve, the small ones that encourage you and really give you the strength to do the bigger ones. Absolutely. Um, uh, Pre-pandemic, no matter how successful I've been, money I've made, I always picked up pennies. And my motto was, um, you know, 10 pennies make 10 cents. Yeah. 10, 10 cents make a dollar. dollar. 10, $10 is $10. 10, $10 is $100. 10, $100 is $1,000. Yeah. $10,000 is 10 racks. And then you say that, I always think about that when people go through the drive-thru. I think about how many restaurants make so much money just off of people saying they don't need that penny or two. I don't need that change. Yeah, so awesome. So, all right, second part. I want to write, I got two more things for you. I got to get these out. Two more things. For the person that might have a uh, physical or otherwise disability or a mental disability, but they still are cognizant or physical disability, um, what is their trap cheat sheet, right? Or someone that might be a family member of someone that needs to encourage them and share this video, this podcast. Uh, yeah, what is, the, what is the trap cheat sheet for? 
the top of the cheat seat is if you're an amputee or you're in a wheelchair and you're a woman, you want to connect with me, my community of legless and wheelchair divas that I have in which we come together and we literally excel together. That's the first cheat sheet I got for you because that's access right. to me and I know how to make things shift and move. That's tangible. Next, I would say is you want to communicate and align with other people that's like you. But also, if you have your mind, it all goes back to that mind. So now today, everything is like so... Like, they're setting things up to be so easy. So you really just want to say, you know, if this isn't where I want to be and this isn't what I want to settle for, again, start writing out small goals. What can I do from home? What can I do in my situation that I'm in to still be better than where I am right now? So even for me, right, they have so many things now where you can work from home and you don't really have to get out. So we really have to get past making excuses and make a decision. Wow. Get past making excuses and making decisions. Bars. <laughs> awesome. All right. So the last piece I have for you, because you spoke about the kingdom and kingdom work and your spirituality and your faith um, and seemed deeply rooted in it. Um, how that come about? Like, Where did that come from? It's coming from anywhere. Where, where, where did that, that spiritual belief come from? And um, any last words on that you want to give anybody today? Yeah. Rooted and grounded, born and raised Pentecostal apostolic. No makeup, no pants, no jewelry. A life full of religion. Church, church. With no relationship. Mm. So literally it was tapping into my own relationship with God, literally being able to hear him for myself, becoming my own miracle. I, I no longer wanted to go off of what I seen him do for other people. That was major for me, again, because we talked about earlier, when God places you in a place where you don't have nobody else to lean on but him. You know, so for me, that was already in me from child, but relationship came before I lost the legs. I became in relationship um, in about 2012. I started going higher and getting closer to God because I had made a promise way before that I was trying to shake, but it wasn't working. <laughs> so literally I was already getting to that place, but I know that if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Like nobody could do this like this, but him, this isn't me. Like literally it's him. So I would say literally relationship over religion. So that means you don't need to have a pastor. You don't need to be going to a church. There's no excuses. It's all about getting in that place and crying out and saying, hey, I need something. I need someone to help me to have understanding and to become better. So that's, for me, played a major role just in what my grandmother imparted young. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Graham, Grandma, do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Grandma, do it. All right, so, Queen, as we wrap, please tell everyone where they can find you outside the trap. <laughs> Where can they find you? Where can they build with you? Um, how can they be inspired by you, support your products, services, goods, all that? Let them know. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, my name is I am Keisha Green on Instagram. You can hashtag Legless Diva if that's easier for you. I'm Keisha Green on all platforms, KeishaGreen.com. And if you just connect with that, you'll be able to connect with my ministry, Prayer Push Purpose, and what it is I'm doing with the women and helping them. Again, the Legless and the Wheelchair Diva community is out there and it's available for women who just truly want to be able to be bossing with ability. And that's what we do over there. So those are the places you can find me. I hope we can connect. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I really am telling you, I, um, not, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't be shocked. I really have a vision that, um, in the next, 
three to five to seven years, uh, you are going to be on some major platforms and have a major bag and making some major impact. It's too dynamic. Like it's just consistency. King. I That's thank it. you. It's going to show up, you. and you got the king behind you. I well, you got the king you. behind you, and you got the king of kings behind yes, you. Yes, I thank yeah. you. I thank you, King, it. for having me um, always staying connected, you know, allowing me to share my testimony and even just allowing people to see my journey through you and your wife's platform as well, you know, because I did the Queens with her. I've done Greenlit mm -hmm. in the past. So even being able to see what God has done over that time and to now. So I'm excited. I thank you for having me. I hope that I could come back again. You, of course you can. You're always welcome to the trap. You know what I'm saying? So um, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and your energy. Um, and keep leading by example and, you know, uh, uh, letting your footsteps lead us to a better path. Because I think you've done that today. I think people are going to be saved by this. People are going to be empowered by this. There's going to be some relationships built from this um, and all that. So I'm empowered. I'm inspired. Guys, these are the kind of amazing guests. And I told you would be one of our top five. I'm telling you. So anybody else is coming on the podcast, I've got some work to do. Yes. Stand up. <laughs> Stand up. You know what I mean? Because she's 10 feet tall. Right? So, guys, uh, we'll see you next time on the next episode of How to Beat the Trap in Real Life. A peace, family. And I think you've been blessed by our sister, Keisha Green, the legless diva. Well, guess what? Our sister has been kicking down doors in real life with no legs, standing 10 feet tall, paving a way, and giving us footsteps to follow even without legs. Well, now is your opportunity to get mentored by Keisha, get the game from Keisha, tap in to her community, to her brilliance, to her genius, and all the gifts God has called her to do that she couldn't even walk into with legs that God has now given her without the legs, as she says. So I want you guys to tap in to her amazing program and make sure you benefit from this blessed sister, right, from this blessed queen that God has put into our lives, man. Tap in right now. Tap in with Queen Keisha by following her on Instagram at I am Keisha Green or text the word PUSH to 678-735-5249. That's PUSH to 678-735-5249. Peace.